In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of Baba, and the theme of this Coptic month is recognizing the Lord Jesus Christ as God. That He is the Almighty, He is the Pantocrator. And last week we read about the four friends who brought the paralytic man to the Lord, and the Lord forgave him his sins. But the Pharisees, they grumbled and they said, Who can forgive sins but God alone? And that was precisely the point that the Lord Jesus Christ was trying to make, is that He has God and He has the authority to forgive sin. And that's why the last verse of the Gospel last week was, But that you may know, that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin. And the Gospel of today is from Luke chapter 5. And in the Gospel, St. Peter comes to realize that he is standing before God in the flesh. He is standing before God in the flesh. And from the Gospel of today, I think we can learn you know, three important lessons from St. Peter. And I think these lessons will help us to see God in our life. The first lesson that we see from the Gospel of today is blind obedience. Blind obedience. I love how St. Peter, he said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will lay down the net. This is blind obedience. It's blind because it doesn't make sense to me, but I will obey. And actually, obedience becomes real obedience. Like, what is real obedience? When it is against my will, or I don't understand, and then I do it. Otherwise, if it is according to my will and my understanding and I do it, then that's not obedience, that's just me doing what I want to do. But obedience becomes real obedience when it is against my will, and when, or when I don't understand something, and then I do it otherwise, and I do it regardless. And that's why, like, notice when the Bible, it says to, like, for children to obey their parents, it doesn't ask the children to understand their parents, it just asks them to obey their parents. Because a kid might not understand, but it doesn't matter if you don't understand, it should be just to just to obey. And I think that's why we love the story of Abraham. Because Abraham offered Isaac, and I'm sure when he went to go offer Isaac, did he understand the implications of what he was doing? And I'm sure he, maybe he didn't even want to do it, but regardless of his want or not want, he did it anyway. And he followed the will of God. Obedience is doing something against my will. It is suppressing my will to obey his will. Oftentimes we know what is right, we know what is good, we know what we should be doing, but we don't do it, and we fall short. And instead of obeying the will of God, we obey the lust of the flesh. Today, I want us to be like St. Peter. I want us to be like St. Peter, who followed the Lord in this blind obedience. I want us to be like the Rechabites. Anybody know who the Rechabites are? The Rechabites 
are believed to be part of the Kenites. The Kenites are believed to be the descendants of Cain. I know that doesn't sound. Now you know who the Rechabites are. But the Rechabites are in a story with, uh, in the book of Jeremiah. And in the days of Jeremiah the prophet, he told Jeremiah to go and bring these Rechabites into the temple. So the Rechabites, they are not Jewish. They are not of the nation of Israel. So Jeremiah asked The Lord asked Jeremiah to bring these Rechabites and bring them to the temple and to offer them wine. To offer them wine. And so Jeremiah set the scene and invited the Rechabites and set the table for them with like lots of wine. And he set it in front of the Rechabites. And this is what the Rechabites said. They said, we do not drink wine. Our ancestor Jonadab, son of Rechab, told us that neither we nor our descendants were ever to drink wine. He also told us not to build houses or farm the land and not to plant vineyards or buy them. He commanded us to always live in tents that we might remain in this land where we live like strangers. We have obeyed all the instructions that Jonadab gave us. We ourselves never drink wine, and neither do our wives, our sons, our daughters. We do not build homes for our, or we do not build houses for homes. We live in tents. We have no vineyards, fields, or grain. We have fully, we have fully obeyed everything our ancestor Jonadab commanded us. Then the Lord told Jeremiah, Jeremiah's like, okay, so why'd you bring to give a Nazdol and offer them wine? And then he said, the Lord said to Jeremiah, go and tell Israel and tell the people of Judah and Jerusalem, I, the Lord, ask you why you refuse to listen to me and to obey my instructions. Jonadab's descendants have obeyed his command not to drink wine. And to this very day, none of them drink any. But I have kept speaking to you, and you have not obeyed me. I have continued to send all my servants the prophets, and and they have told you to give up your evil ways and to do what is right. They warned you not to worship and serve other gods, so that you could go on living in the land that I gave you and your ancestors. But you would not listen to me or pay any, any attention to me. Jonadab's descendants have obeyed the commandments that their ancestor gave them, but you people have not obeyed me. I think the Lord could have the same issue with, with us. We obey the culture of the world. We obey the lust of the flesh. We obey a lot of other things. But when it comes to God, we don't obey sometimes. The prophet Samuel told King Saul, he said, Behold, to obey is better than... To obey is better than... Sacrifice. To obey God is better than sacrifice. If we want to see God in our life, we need to work on our obedience. Number two, if we want to see God in our life, we must never, ever, 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 ever give up. We can never, ever, ever give up. One characteristic of Christians that we get from our Heavenly Father is that we are resilient. We are a resilient breed. God never gave up on us. 
He's always giving us another chance, another opportunity. So we should never give up. You know the parable of the barren fig tree mentioned in Luke 13? It goes like this. There was a certain man, he planted in his, fig, he planted in his vineyard a fig tree. Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this tree, and I find no fruit. So the keeper of the vineyard said, We should cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But then the master said, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, but after, if not, then we can cut it down. Imagine if your, your spiritual life was like your secular job. Imagine you have an employee and this employee doesn't do anything. What would you do? You would? Fire him. Fire her. And what makes it more justifiable is that imagine for three years you keep trying to train this person. Please do this, 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 and this. Follow this, this. And after three years of trying with this person, they still don't do it. So then what should you do? At this point, I would fire 16 alf marah. Get rid of this person. But that is not what the Master said. And we are like this barren fig tree for many years, for many, 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 many years. My life has been barren, without fruits. We should have all been fired a long time ago because of our idleness, because of our laziness, because of our sins. And we try to be spiritual and we fail. And then we get frustrated by our sins and our weakness. So we want to... Just give up and quit. And even we exhaust ourselves and we try our best. And even after I try my best, I have no fruit. I have no fruit. And that's exactly the condition that St. Peter was in today. He had tried all his efforts. He had tried all night to catch fish. And after exhausting all of his efforts, he found that he couldn't catch one fish, not one. And so he could have easily said, Allah, I'm done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do it. I'm, I'm sick of this. I don't. And now the Lord's telling me to go out into the deep. No, no, no. He's not a fisherman. He's a carpenter. And I want, I'm done. I'm over. And give up and quit. But that was not what the Lord had in mind for him. Actually, the Lord saw in St. Peter something bigger. Something bigger. And said, I don't want you now to just be a fisherman. I want you to be a fisher of men. So I believe in you. I believe in you. Don't give up. I will have something greater planned for you. And this is the beautiful thing about the Lord Jesus Christ and God, that He never gives up on us even when we want to give up. Another reason the Christian can never give up is because God is working in me and through me. God is working in me and through me. So if I give up, if I give up, 
then I am essentially working against the God who is working in me. You see that? And I was reading in Philippians, and St. Paul, he makes this point to the Philippians like every chapter. And he goes in chapter 1. He says this. He says, Be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, he who has begun a good work in you, will complete it, in the day of Jesus Christ. We'll complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So who is working in you? Who will complete it? Is the Lord Jesus Christ is working in you. And in chapter 2, he says the same thing. He says, for it is God who is working in you, both to do will and to do for his good pleasure. So God is the one working in you. So if you give up, then... You are giving up on God. You are now becoming working against God. You are becoming an enemy of God by giving up. St. John Chrysostom on this commentary of the scripture. He says, if you have the will, if you have the will, if you don't give up, then he works with the willing. He works with the people who have the will. He says, don't be afraid or be wary. He gives us both the zeal, he gives us the desire, and then he will give us the performance. He gives us the performance. For when he will, for when we will, he will. When we will, he will. Henceforth, augment, he will support our willing. Christians can never give up because God is working in... In me and through me. So I could never give up. And lastly, a Christian can never give up. Because we are, com- we are commanded never to give up. So circle back to point number one. Obedience. We can never give, we could never give up. And that's why St. Paul, when he, when he thinks about Christian life, he always thinks about Christian life as like a race. And that we are like... Runners in the race. And runners that give up. Runners that give up. I'm a runner that gives up. Runners that give up aren't good runners. They aren't good runners. And even the term race, the term like to run a race, the term race in the Greek word, the Greek word for it is agon, which we get the word, in English, we get the word, Agony. So a race is agony. Is agony. There will be struggle in the race. It is like pain. There is the race requires self-discipline. It requires endurance. It requires perseverance. The race is a cross. And but we are supposed to never give up. We are called to never give up. And that's why Saint Paul says that you should run the race in a way to obtain. The prize. So as runners, never give up. In the Pauline epistle today, St. Paul, he says, We are hard-pressed on every side. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We were perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed and then his next part he says therefore we do not lose heart we do not lose heart means we do not give up we do not lose heart 
For even though the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, is, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. If we get discouraged, if we are struggling in our spiritual life, the solution, the only solution I know, is not to give up. Not to give up. The Christian can never give up. The Christian can give up bad things. Go ahead, give those up. Bad things. Give up all the bad music. Give up all the bad shows. Give up all the bad language. Give up all the bad relationships. Give up all the bad things. But the Christian can never give up on good things. The Christian can never give up in the life of repentance. The Christian can never give up on forgiving another person. The Christian can never give up in his service. A Christian can never give up in acquiring virtues. Because the virtues, they have no limits. Can you, does love have a limit? Does humility have a limit? Does mercy have a limit? None of these things have a limit. So the Christian can never give up on these things. Lastly, if we want to see the grace of God in our life, we need to humble ourselves. To humble ourselves. In the book of Sirach, there's a beautiful verse that says, The mysteries, the mysteries of God... The mysteries of God are revealed to the humble. The mysteries of God are revealed to the humble. And you see that in the Catholic epistle of today. God resists the proud. God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. What does it mean to be humble? What does it mean to be humble? We talk about humility all the time. But what does it mean to be humble? I'll share with you. It's a loaded question. So I'll share with you what one of the desert fathers said. He said, humility is a great work and the work of God. The way of humility is to undertake bodily labor and to believe yourself, to believe yourself a sinner and to make yourself subject to all. The brother said, what does it mean to be subject to all? The old man answered, To be subject to all is not to give our attention to the sins of another. Not to give our attention to the sins of the other. But to always give attention to our own sins and to pray without ceasing to God. With the Lord's intervention today, St. Peter, he caught a lot of fish. He caught a lot of fish. And if I was St. Peter... I would have been like, thank you, Jesus, I'm rich. I'm going to take my fish, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to sell it in the market, I'm going to buy a mansion, and I'm going to be at peace. Amen. But when St. Peter saw this miracle that happened, the amazing thing about St. Peter is St. Peter was a humble man. A humble man. So when he saw this miracle, he wasn't like me, who said, man, this is my time to cash out. He said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. So where is the mind of St. Peter? St. Peter's not thinking about fish or thinking about money. He's thinking about his own sins. And because St. Peter is seeing his own sins, he's able to realize that this is God in the flesh standing before him. And this completes the cycle that we talked about today. 
If we have humility, then we can do, point one was, obedience. Only the humble man, he can obey God with, in blind, like to have blind obedience. Only a humble man can obey God in this way. And if you, one is truly, like, uh, when he decides to obey, then he must need endurance to follow the commands of the Lord. He needs endurance. He needs the grace of God to work in his life. And then this in turn leads one to become more humble. So we talked about three ways to see God in our lives. To be obedient like the Rechabites. To never give up in our spiritual life. Too many people always giving up in their spiritual life. The Christian can never, ever give up. And number three, we need to be humble. To focus in on our own sins and glory be to God forever. Amen.